Today's scripture reading is from the book of Habakkuk, the third chapter and the 19th verse. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music on my strange instruments. This is the word of the Lord. This is indeed our, uh, our final study in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. We've seen, the, we've seen this tremendous relevancy and currency of this Old Testament book as it addressed, like shared before, two of the most troubling questions Christians have. Why do good people suffer? And despite the old uh, ditty that says, cheaters never prosper, it seems like the cheaters that we know are doing very well. They, they seem to be prospering uh, like weeds. Um, and why does God seem to appear silent in the face of my trouble? Things are going on in my life. It, you know, more month than money. Um, diagnosis that's troubling, to say the least, from the doctor. Um, why, does, why, does, why does there seem to be silence uh, in my life? The last time we looked at the 16th to the 18th verses of this last chapter, the third chapter, and after experiencing a, a theophany of visual appearance of God, uh, visual representation of God, we saw Habakkuk's uh, tremendous statement of faith. You know? But in the context, you, you have to read and understand it in the context that it is embedded. Otherwise, it just seems like, well, that's a tremendous statement of faith. It's kind of like a mission statement on a, on a wall of a business that maybe you're not a part of that business. That's a wonderful mission statement, but it means nothing to me because I'm not a part of this business. So we have now this, we have a better understanding of this, this, this tremendous statement of faith that, that many try and walk with by itself. But now we understand all that Habakkuk has gone through. And now we can read afresh and with clearer eyes, though the fig tree does not bud. And there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. So we saw six progressively worsening conditional statements that launch each one with a small, it's just a two-character Hebrew con conjunction, translated though or because. Six of them. Each one getting significantly worse. There's no figs. No grapes. No olives. No crops. No sheep. No cattle. I know, you say, well, I don't have a fig tree. I don't have grape vines. I really don't like olives. And, you know, I haven't been raising crops lately. No sheep. Well, look at it in the context that it was given. See, see, no goodies of life, as we shared, no Xbox, you know, no Xbox, no, no, no goodies, nothing, no, nothing to drink, nothing to drink other than dirty water that would make you worse than better, um, no olives used for utility and lighting, it's like no, no, no utilities, nothing with to cook your meal. You go to the cabinet, and like old Mother Hubbard, it was bare. There was nothing there. Um, no sheep. 
Nothing for sacrifice, nothing to eat, and no cattle. Again, it's not that they weren't eating the oxen and the cattle much. That was, that was for, they were beasts of burden, and they were for plowing, and they were, but they were sources of, that, that was representation of your capacity to take care of yourself down the road. No source of income, no job prospects, no nothing. So in spite of these desperate conditions, the situation the prophet paints, he says, yet. See, as we shared, the original word order of the text, the emphasis places in the Lord as the lead statement. So it really reads, yet in the Lord I will be joyful in God my Savior. What's so big deal about that? Well, the, 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 my joy, my, my, my ability to see past my condition and my situation is not because I pull myself up by my bootstraps or convince myself, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, the, the, the little train. If I'm the little train, I ain't going up the hill. Maybe you're better than I am. You, you, you are better than I am. Trust me, you are. Uh, but, but, you know, the little train that could, well, this is the big train, Mark, that couldn't, okay? So it's, it's like, I can't. I, I, I can't. So I can't pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and, and gin up some, some temporary phony happiness. Can't do that. So, but where does the rejoicing comes from? come from? It comes from God. Why? Because I know what he is capable of doing even if he doesn't do it. See, see, that's, that's, that's elevation of faith. See, it's, it's easy if I have $10 in my pocket and you say, uh, can I have $10? It doesn't take a whole lot of faith. I mean, you know, it's like, I got $10. I like you. Here's $10. But if I don't have the ability to meet your need and you still have faith in me to meet your need, then that's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's some, some misplaced faith, but that's faith. But when you have faith in God, I know he can do it. Whether he chooses to do it, that's a, different, that's, a, that's, that's a different conversation we can have. But I know that he is capable of doing it. Even if he does it in a way that I may not even like or choose myself. See, I know, as we shared before, as his name implies. You know, it's just like we start pulling that apart and all. I will be there. However I need to be there whenever I need to be there, in exactly the right amount, type, and it don't, if I'm, if I'm trying to put something together and you hand me a tomato and I say, I need a screwdriver, you give me a tomato, you're not much help. Right, right. See, see, but God, as he self-identified to Moses, he said, look, I will be there however I need to be there, whenever I need to be there, whatever your needs are. When the time comes, I'm going to be there in the quantity, in the sufficiency to address the need. See? That's what God said. That's, that's my name, my name, who I am, because my name is who I am. So we conclude uh, our study in Habakkuk now, starting with verse 19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music on my string instruments, the sovereign Lord, a uh, combination of the covenantal, see, the translation translated, the covenantal personal name of God, which we just described, and the title used by the nation 
to, uh, you know, Mr. President, if you will, uh, Mr. God, if you will. See, see, it's not just saying the same thing twice. See, when, they, when they're putting these things together, he, he's acknowledging God as God who promised I'll always be there, and he acknowledges him as the God who delivered them from slavery in Egypt. What are you saying? I'm saying a whole lot. I hope. A lot of times, kind of like, again, like Five of the Mouse in the American Tale, we, 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 we see God somewhere out there. God is, he, he is high and lifted, but he's, he's distant. He's, he's, he's way away, you know? See, we often, maybe it's me, we will have more faith in a, a, a mayor or a governor or a president than we will in God himself. Because we see, oh, I can, I can see, I can write a letter to Mr. President. Now, he may not respond, but I can write a letter. I can even donate to his campaign. I can do that for the governor. I can do that for the mayor. I can, but, but, but when we understand that God is not only God that speaks things into existence, but also in this case, God who's, who created a nation from a ragtag group of slaves out of Egypt and made them something. I made you something, you were nothing. So not only am I the God who speaks things into existence, but I'm the God that actually oversees your day-to-day -day life. Well, maybe, just maybe, that's where part of the disconnect is with me and some of our lives, is that we see God somewhere out there, but we don't see God as having currency or relevancy on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm silly enough that if I have an exam, it's like, Lord, you know, hey, you know, I've done everything I can. I need, I need to pass this exam. I need to pass this exam. Uh, you know, and boy, oh boy, I just, I don't see how it's going to happen. And it happens. Oh, you were just lucky. You were just, you were just lucky. You know, you really studied hard, or, you know, just, I, it's, 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 it's those opportunities where we, I believe we fail to see God for who he is and what he wants to be in each and every one of our lives. See, one of the things I, I keep in, uh, challenging us, we have a, a, a disproportionate uh, perspective, or I say an unhealthy eschatological view of things, that we're, we're, we're so focused on the end that we're missing opportunity to really see and dial into God now, right now, right now, today. I, I, you know, I, my citizenship is in heaven. It, it, it's not going to be, you know, this is Paul. He's like, my citizenship right now is in heaven. I just happen to have my, my passport just happens to allow me to stay on earth right now. But my citizenship already is in heaven. I don't worry about when I close my eyes for the last time, where will I be? I'm going to be where my residency, my eternal residency, is already, is already taking care of that. So that, that's, that's done. That's it. Check the box. Let's move on. But while I'm here, I need to be about the Father's business. And I need to dial into the Father so I need to know what his business is. What do you want me to do while I'm here? You just kind of flop around like, a, like I keep saying, a fish on dry land for 70 years, just kind of... Just, just, just do the best I can, just kind of eke out a living, you know, just, just struggle by. It's like, is, is, is that really, I mean, really, is that what God intends for us? Surely not.
surely not. But I can't know what God wants me to do unless I really open up my portfolio. It's like, what are my papers? What, 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 is, what is the one who sent me, want me to do while I'm here? I'm, I'm, I'm tasked with carrying out his business. So he acknowledges him both as the creative God and the God who delivered him from slavery in Egypt. Um, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but again, it begs the question, how do you know God? How do you know God? For a long time, I'll confess, I knew God through my parents, which is really not knowing God at all, but that's, that's how I knew him. You know, it's a, I knew him through my parents. You know, it's like, well, my parents were were righteous believers, they were church planners, they were this, they were that. But how do you know God? What's your, what's your foundation for God? Which, how do you know him? How, how do you know him? How do you, in, in what aspect, what relationship have you developed to know him for you? Man, I know him as a provider. Man, you, you, let me give you an example. And, and I can paint a picture, and, and I, I, I didn't have this, and I needed that, and, and God came, that, boy, he came right on time. You have the story, hopefully. If not, you need that story. You need, you need to know God for yourself, as the old saints would say. You need to know him. So, he makes my feet. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. These are, these are not those Ugg boots. These are, this is, he makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on heights. What's that all about? See, if, if you do a little study, you'll find that Habakkuk is using similar language that is identical in two different places, both in 2 Samuel 22 and in Psalm 18, where... Identical verses. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the height. See, it's clear that Habakkuk is drawing from imagery uh, of his contemporaries. See, now you remember what he said in the first verse of this chapter. Yeah. First verse, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. See, he didn't experience God's blessing firsthand himself. I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. So I'm going to draw on some, 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 some scripture that I know that, you know, we repeat this. This is stuff that is shared amongst the, the cult amongst the nation in terms of relationship with God. He makes my feet like the feet of it. Obviously, they knew what he was talking about. See, we, we, don't use, we don't use that type of language about what it means to have feet like a deer and to stand on mountains. So in order for us to really understand you know, what's going on, let's, let's consider the context in which it was given. So let's consider the 18th Psalm. See, the preface to the 18th Psalm lets us know that David sang the words of the song when the Lord delivered them from the hand of the enemies and from the hand of Saul. What does he say? 
for the director of music of David the servant the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, what did he say? Well, let's just drop down to the 30th verse. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And for who is, for who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps me secure. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. So what is Habakkuk doing? He's drawing on the strength, the experience, the knowledge, the history of what David has gone through. Huh. What's your point? Well, I'm glad you asked. Part of my point is, when I tell folks, you know, they ask, oh, what's going on with City Church? What are you doing? What are you about? And, it's just, and I, the simplest way to explain it is just walk with us. Just, 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 just walk with us. Experience God as we experience God. See, it's, 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 it's hard to convey all of the things that we've gone through, both personally and collectively, and to make that meaningful and understanding, uh, make, make it understandable to you, but if I, you would just walk with us. See, Habakkuk had heard of the fame, but he hadn't experienced God in that way. So I don't, ex I don't expect, you know, the little ones, it's like, you know, where's their faith? Well, pr pretty much their faith is in mommy and daddy, you know, that they're going to provide, you know? They're of such an age, it's like, you know, I, I don't even have uh, a fully developed concept of God to really appreciate that he provides everything my parents need in order so I can have everything that I need. I get that. But we as adults, we who have given our lives to Christ, we have a fully developed appreciation, or should have, a fully developed appreciation for God. We are the ones that are to impart that knowledge, to, to share with them. This, hey, you know, you don't remember, you, you don't remember uh, uh, what happened back in the day, but let me share it with you. So you can have an appreciation of what God did. See, it's a mystery that when you read in Revelation uh, uh, 12th chapter, 11th verse, how do we triumph? How do we win? How do we triumph? How do we, me, we win? How do we triumph? We overcome by the crucified blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. The, 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 the evidence of what God has done for us See, I don't want to dwell on it too long, but we, the problem with being blessed in America is being blessed in America. Because God has given and gifted us with so much, we start to think, I did this. I went to school. I studied hard. I got the A. I got the job. I got the retirement. I got this. I got, I got access to health care. I got all of these things. But then just pull one, well, like pickup stick. Just pull, miss, miss pull one stick and see what happens. Just, just, just see what happens. Oh, well, I thought all of that accounted for something. It has its place. See, but if you haven't experienced that point in your life, you will. Just keep, just, again, keep, just keep living, you know. You will experience that where it's like, you know what, no amount of education, no amount of money, no amount, no amount of nothing will uh, allow me to get through this period where I need to get through. 
then I will be dependent on God. What are you talking about? In verse 16, in the third chapter, Habakkuk is scared, and what does he say? He's got shaky legs. He said that. I'm scared, and I have shaky legs. I've just seen a representation of God. In verse 19, now he can scamper like a gazelle, and he can just leap across mountains. That's quite a transformation in three verses, wouldn't you say? With all types of opportunities to stumble. I just, you're better than I am. I know you are. But it just seems like life has just got potholes all around. Yeah, if, I'm not, if, I'm, if I'm not careful, if I'm just like, you know, if Mark starts to mark, uh, walk in Mark's way, then I'm going to step in a hole, twist or break my ankle, do a, f- a facial, and I'm just going to be laying mud all over my face. And it's just like, oh, God, uh, deliver me. Don't have feet like deer. I got feet. I got two left feet is what I have. Ask my wife. She was just, I wish you would learn how to dance. I don't have feet like a deer, personally. See, But with all types of opportunities to stumble, Habakkuk is proclaiming the faithfulness of God, which he has yet to experience. It's easy to, to appropriate and say, well, it wasn't God good. He was, but Habakkuk hasn't, he, he said he's going to wait patiently for the day of calamity to strike on the nation. It hasn't happened yet. Calamity hasn't happened yet. Restoration hasn't happened yet. But he said, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. I, I, I got this. He makes my feet like a deer. He enables me to walk on the heights. I get this, I don't know why, get this image of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, you know, at the bow of the ship. I'm on top of the world. You know, it didn't end well for him, so maybe that, <laughs> it just, imagery just kind of, you know, parallel ends there, but, but that's, that's basically what Habakkuk is saying. I'm on top of the world. Wait a minute, son, don't you understand that the Babylonians are going to come in and decimate everything that's going on there? I'm on top of the world. Don't you understand that you're going to be without a nation for, let me guess, two millennia? I'm on top of the world. Wow. That's, that's, that's an interesting perspective. See, at first Habakkuk questioned God concerning his work, and now, as one theologian said, he found out that God is, he was, all, he's a, he was working all along. When I didn't see, understand, or appreciate what, Habakkuk, what God was doing, uh, now I get it. Uh, now, now I understand. See, it's, it's like us as kids. As we get older, we start to take on the, 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 I'll say the imagery, but the behaviors of our parents and the things we couldn't understand our parents. Why did they do that? I don't understand. You, boy, just went, you just wait. When I have my kids, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to, it's like, you know what? Uh, Reuben and Henrietta did a pretty good job, and I wish I could be half the parent they were to me. See, it's a matter of perspective and experience. That's why I always say, you know, when I say, when, as we always conclude our, our worship experience here, it's out of the book of Jude. Always, always. If, if, if I don't, it's a, it's a mistake on my part. It's him. Not me. It's him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless or present you before his glory presence, glorious presence without fault with great joy is the NIV. 
reads, I'm closing. Your strength is in God, and he works in and through all that are his to accomplish his purpose. But are you his? See, that's the, that's the $64,000 question. Am I his? Am I his? Okay, well, I, I said some words. I assented to, to, to Christ as my Savior. And indeed, you, you may be his in that way. But it's one thing to be, see, I can be present with my wife. And unfortunately, she's experienced those times more often than I'd like. I can be present with my wife physically and really not present at all. I can be in the same room with her and really not be there. What am I saying? I'm saying that a lot of times we can be present with God and really not present with God. He is my covenantal God, but I really haven't given him leadership of my life. I really haven't turned over uh, the keys to the car or to access to every room of the house. It's, it's, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, like we do with recipes. We just kind of hold back a little bit, you know. You don't, you don't tell at all because you don't want the recipe to end up being just like uh, the one you make. Uh, so we hold back a little bit. See, and as he does that, we both have a present benefit. He keeps us from stumbling and the future hope. He will present us without fault. And not with just joy. Great joy. Great joy. I'm done. Some of you will remember the, uh, the, the game show. Um, it, was, uh, it actually went back to the 50s, um, where contestants com competed in a test uh, of their musical memory. Um, they would be given some, some weird clues, some obscure clues to a song. And they competed against one another to name the song in as few musical notes as possible. It was called Name That Tune. Name that tune. I can name that tune in seven notes. I can name that tune in six or five notes. The better one could associate the clue with the song, the better they performed. The better they were able to associate the clue with the song, the better they were able to perform. Okay, so what's your point? My point is life is short and it's filled with challenge and things won't always be clear. Life is short, it's full of challenge and things won't always be clear. So, again, question. What's in your spiritual memory banks that you're drawing from? What do you, what do you, what, what's in your spiritual memory banks that you were drawing from? Uh, like I like to repeat, maybe it's uh, the stones. I can't get no satisfaction. That's the song. That's, you know, that's, I can name that tune. One note. Can't get no satisfaction. Uh, maybe it's Al Green. I'm tired of being alone. Name that tune. Tired of being alone. Tired of being alone. Tony Braxton. Just another sad love song. <laughs> we'll play those. I have played those. I won't accuse you of anything. I have played those songs at different points in my life. 
and they have been the anthem for where I was at that point. I feel sad. I want to play some sad songs. Comforts me in my sadness. I wanted to have a good old-fashioned pity party, and I did. It was wonderful. It's not. It really wasn't. So many of you, you've, you, you, you've, uh, well, let me just shut up. Let me just suggest a new song. Um, verse goes kind of like this. We are often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time. Somber skies and howling tempests oft succeed a bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, when the mists have rolled away, we'll understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. But he guides us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die, for we'll understand it better by and by. As Linus said to Charlie Brown in the assembled group in the Christmas story, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what our relationship with God is all about. We walk by faith, not by sight. Habakkuk finally got it. Took some period of time and three chapters of writing. He went from, how long, O Lord? It's just not fair. To... I'm good with it, and God, be merciful. I know you got my back. So now I can just tick off those six things. If I don't have figs, if I don't have grapes, if I don't, it doesn't matter what I don't have in my life because my relationship with God isn't predicated on that. Now, again, as he says, you being evil, and he called you evil, I didn't. You being evil want to do good things for your kids, how much more the Father being good wants to do good things for you. God's not playing whack-a-mole. He's not. He's not. He loves us more than we can even begin to love ourselves. But he's after a relationship. And I will do, Father speaking, I will do whatever I need to do to create that relational love bond with you, including creating calamity in your life, if it will draw you close to me. Because I love you. Let's pray.